Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds. The good and the bad, the concerning and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimmy, our passionate heart. Yeah, I am. And me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into our checkup. We want to check in how are each other doing uh, this week. As we're recording this earlier this week, it was V-Day. I forgot to mention it in our, our last episode. But uh, did you do, do anything special for V-Day? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. But you know what? Overall, the week was it was pretty good. So I was looking forward to this long weekend because here yes. in Canada, we're celebrating family day which is on the 20th of february so it leads into a long weekend um so i was just really looking forward to that and i was counting down every single day mm, yeah long weekend um because i these long weekends are necessary at times and so usually from like february right back until like i would say september we have a lot of long weekends coming in between and so I'm looking forward to it. So this week wasn't that bad, you know. I can't complain really. That's good. How about you, girl? Um, yeah, it was a good week. Um, I, you know, nothing exciting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I find that uh, uh, I don't have a boo thing to celebrate V Day, but I find even the married people like my coworkers. Oh, you said I thought you said me day, V Day. Oh well, we didn't do much Valentine's Day. Sorry, my bad. We didn't do much at all. We just, you know, we're going to do something like tomorrow when we're child free. But um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, go to the movies or something. But on actual Valentine's Day, no, we didn't do much. Yeah, it was was a weird day. It was like a Tuesday mm -hmm. and middle of the week. And uh, yeah, I just I find less and less people, um, especially if you're in a long term situation. It's like, "Mm, that's okay. That was a, the consensus I got around, at least the people I work with. Um, I'm not into the propaganda. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a money-making thing. I actually found, saw an interesting stat where they said um, Valentine's Day is actually the largest card, like the like the card industry. Mm-hmm. If it's not the big, I think it's the biggest, that's when they sell the most cards. It's not Christmas. It's not, uh, you know... Yeah, because not everybody was, believes in yeah, like Christmas. Right. Christian, because it's Christian based. Yeah, so V Day, the Valentine's Day, is actually they make the most money for that that holiday. I was like, interesting. I just like spreading love. Yeah, try to you know every spread day. love that day. Yes, yeah. I'll wish somebody a happy V Day or something. Mm-hmm. Or somebody bought treats. I didn't have time, so but you know the the spirit was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's good. We're doing great. So we'll move into the headlines, and I just wanted to just start with the headliner, um, which would be Miss Riri's concert during yes, that, that Riri. random game. <laughs> In between that random game, we got to see a right? Rihanna concert. <laughs> so I would say, so I was watching it. Um, I was anticipating. I was. I think I, was, I don't know what I was doing. I was tidying up. It was a Sunday, so just getting ready for work. I'm like, wait a minute. So yeah, clock. Did this thing start yet? So mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I went in, it was just winding down the second half of the game, and um, uh, and and so it didn't start. So I was happy to to catch it, and I was like, okay, here we go. And I'll be honest, like going into it, I'm like, I know, like I hate when people do these comparisons. I know the kind of artist that Rihanna's in is. So I wasn't expecting, I, I can't be um, expecting to, I can't be 
going to see Rihanna and expecting Beyonce. Like, I, I just know them so well, those artists so well. So I wasn't expecting a Beyonce-level performance. However, I also wasn't expecting her to have a belly, which is basically her, her, her new child on the way, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's so funny. She teased, oh, there's going to be a special guest. And I guess the special guest was her, her bun in the her, Yeah, her baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, it opened up. She Well, this is Rihanna. Like, one thing she's going to do is give us looks. Rihanna is going to give us looks left, right, and center. She only thing was interesting. She only had one uh, outfit on. Again, she is with child. So doing the whole nine yards probably wouldn't have worked out with her condition now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm rating this performance based on her condition. She looks about at least five months, if not more, if she has a small belly. So I'm going to say I'm very, very happy she did this. I was very, very happy to see her. And, you know, she did lip sync a bit the first half, but at the end she gave us diamonds and she gave us vocals. Um, and it was an amazing, the levitated, the levitating, uh, stages, mm-hmm. the, uh, sperm, they probably people are calling them the, 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 her dancers in the white outfits, which was, yeah, they look like sperm. They were saying that that's the uh, ASAP Rockies, that's the sperm that didn't make it to, to her butt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the so it was, it was a, a joke, a meme online, but, um, I thought it was cute. And this is Rihanna. She's never, to be honest, performance has never been her number one that's not what we love rihanna for she'll do it she's an artist she has to do it but we love rihanna for her personality staying true to her culture and her roots not giving giving zero fucks um being gorgeous being living her best life and giving us fun music okay so and you know what for the most part i love me some rihanna i really do as an artist um as a you know caribbean girl like i i love her as an artist but I'm sorry, bro. I needed a little more. I needed a little Considering bit more. Considering her condition, though. Yeah, but I've seen, I've seen, you know, big belly pregnant women and high heels on, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, I guess you know what it is, is that we haven't seen her perform in and a all, long time. I think we have time. to think about all those variables. We have to think about all those You know, variables. it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And people like myself who are who are Rihanna fans, we want to like we're waiting to see, we're waiting to see. And I'll be honest, her fashion was not the best. It was all right. Mm-hmm. It, it could go on. It 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 worked. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I've seen Rihanna look a lot better than that. You know what I mean? And um, so but overall I think the performance was okay I only tuned in for the performance I don't watch football I'm not a football fan I don't like this football business Mm -hmm. but I will tune in for the halftime and when I did I was you know pleasantly surprised you know that you know Riri was up there in her red and you know she looking nice and everything but I just felt like she could have done a little bit more like just I've seen Rihanna look a lot better just going to a restaurant with ASAP you know what I'm saying so I don't know about the outfit it's controversial for me Mm. um but I do understand you know being where she's at in her pregnancy it's like I just want to get this done so I can go snuggle up with my baby and my boo you know what I mean and so I could I could understand that. that, but like, come on, Riri, what do you expect from people? We haven't seen you perform Pan Stage for our lungs. We're, we're dying to see it. So when 
we do, it's like our expectation, which we shouldn't have, but our expectations are high. Well, I, the minute I saw her with the belly, I, my expectations dropped. It dropped, didn't it? It dropped. It dropped. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, in her condition, there's only so much she can do. And, um, you know, she, for me, she gave, she gave, she gave enough. She gave birth less than a year ago. Yeah. She hasn't been on stage in over seven years. Um, and that's us- the part that kills me. Yeah, but then you're rusty. Like, that's something, and this is a huge... Right. She, she did look a little nervous. She didn't look, like, she pulled it off, but I could, maybe, I don't know if it's a, the safety of her situation, but she did look a little hesitant. But again, that's seven years is a long time not to be on stage, right? Um, right. On top of being in a very vulnerable state of your, you know. And And that's the only thing for me where I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Mm. Okay, well, um, I I loved it. I was happy. I was just happy to see her. I, I was her. happy to see her. I'll agree with you on that. I but Riri, sorry, you have to give us something soon after this baby drop. You have to give us something soon because we're like desperately wanting to see you. Like I heard that the tickets to to the Super Bowl were an arm and five legs just because you were performing. So you see your fan bases were 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 thirsty for your performance and you know you didn't quite quench the thirst. So well, I personally I feel like me personally putting myself in her shoes and an artist's shoes I'm I'm good I'm at peace. Like I like if she doesn't like I feel like we're getting a message. Like if she does give us an album it will be her last. Um, I think basically she did a Vogue, um, um, the Vogue um, article that everybody's talking about with her and ASAP Rocky and her ba- her cute little baby um, cute. in it. Um, she did mention, I think, I what I got the vibe is that there is a project coming, but music is not her priority. And honestly, it shouldn't be because like being an artist, um, you know, as a fan, yes, I love her. But at the end of the day, as a human, as a woman, you have to, mm-hmm. you don't want to be, we see what happens to people in the music industry when they overstay their welcome. So it's like, now she's financially free. She has a billion dollar company. So she's doing music now because she loves it and not because she has to survive, right? So it's, that's a good place to be. Um, it is. And I it feel is. like if you think about it in her early career, she was giving us albums back to back. So she has eight albums. Auntie was her last one, which was her best one. She gave us back to back to back albums. They were constantly this girl. They milked this girl. Right. So, I mean, I, I, in all honesty, like I get what people are saying and they're thirsty, but we're I think she just did this performance because they asked her before. And she said no, because she was in solidarity with calling Kaepernick, but then um, Jay-Z and Ralph Nation. Jay-Z called in the favor, Regin. He called yeah. that favor in quick and time in a that's hurry. Why she, she, she did it not because it was her dream to do it, but it is a it is a dream for a lot of article, uh, artists, and it's something she could take off her bucket list, but I think she just did it because, you know, again, like you said, the fans wanted to see her. And you know what? It was fine. Here it is. And, and personally, But the I'm fans like, have been wanting to see her for how many yeah, long, the, long the time now? The fans are always going to want things. He so did that for Jay-Z. Point blank, okay, period. Sure. That's what I think. I think Jay-Z said, listen, listen, yeah, Rihanna. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, what I, that's what I feel. Like, that's what it's like saying, like... And, and lucky- that kind of reflected in the exactly exactly i agree with you and we're luck- we're and but i'm happy she did it because i am happy i am i am but i'm uh, rihanna if you ever hear this when you drop this baby yourself just give us a little something yeah 
Because if that's the end of your performance life, if this is, you know, music going on the back burner for you, leave us with something more, Regin. That's all me I say. She said in the article, I think there's something coming this year. She can't give us a time, but I think this year it's going to be, if not this year, early next year. It's going to come. I think she wants to go out with uh, something or maybe even you have to test. Like sometimes you fall out of love with something, but it's like it doesn't hurt now. She's had so much free time. Yeah. She can like. She could throw it out there. It doesn't matter if it does good or not. Her fans want it. And if it's there and the energy's there, I'm sure she'll she'll ride that last yeah, wave. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, she has found financial freedom. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, And again, congratulations, Rihanna, on the second baby I'll call. Yes, yes. New baby. They didn't wait. But, it's you know, it's okay. She wanted to have her. No, time. man. She wanted back to back. She wanted children from time. Yes. So, you know, you could always tell how she was with her nieces and nephews and stuff like that. Mm. So you could tell she's been she's been wanting to have a family. And so I, I suggest doing it just like how she's doing it back yeah, to back. So stage, yeah, these well. kids will grow up together and there won't be an age gap and all of these things, um, you know. So and she's happy, mm. you know, it's, she's happy. That's ultimately what I want for her is just I want you to be happy. And if it's with ASAP and you guys want to make a beautiful family, then kudos to exactly. you, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was a recap. And then down to some controversy. Controversy. Well. So um, Billboard released a top 50 uh, list of the greatest rappers of all time. And as is the norm and the standard when these top lists come out, we were talking about the the Rolling Stone top 200 singers a few weeks ago, the controversy around that. So here's a new one. And the big controversy and the, and the couple people that were upset, the main one being Ja Rule, um, he is not on the list and rightfully so before we have a discussion there are some highlights but i'm just gonna go down to the top 10 the top 10 is always a good it's a good radar 50 is a big number so the top 10 is a good um i guess um barometer of a temperature or temperature check of the quality of the list Mm -hmm. and i would say it's it's not awful so i'll go from 10 to 1 and the top 10 of the Billboard uh, top greatest 50th, uh, 50 rappers. So number 10 is Nicki Minaj. Number nine is Snoop Dogg. Number eight is Drake. Number seven, Lil Wayne. Number six, Notorious B.I.G., Big Papa. Um, number five, Eminem. Number four, Tupac. Number three, Nas. Number two, Kendrick Lamar, and number one, Jay Z. So I think that is a solid. I think it's solid. Yeah, it but looks to you be know, a little bit more on the modern side, like a little. Yeah, bit, it feels like they, Billboard they, one, like Billboard is only interested in what's hot, mm. and so I would say ninety percent of the people that you mentioned in the top ten are hot right now, and so. Like Drake's always been hot. Lil yeah. Wayne's always been hot. Nicki Minaj has always been hot. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're mentioning more of the top hot rappers, not so much greatest okay. rappers. Here's the criteria. So I found the criteria. So that's and I think that's important when you're looking at the list. Yeah, because I do feel there's a few components in here. They did 
clearly it wasn't strictly lyricism, even though they did have some of the top lyricists in that 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 number, the top ten. So it seems took into account the following criteria: body of work, so and achievements, meaning charted singles, albums, platinum, and all that. Okay. Cultural impact and influence. Yes. Longevity. Good point. That would explain. The, well, okay. Longevity. Lyrics, meaning like storytelling skills and flow. All right. So looking at okay. that and going back to the ten top ten. Biggie already. Biggie and uh, well, they. I guess they put Biggie because of impact. I guess they're called like they. These are all variables because obviously Biggie and Tupac. Actually, Tupac has a pretty big body of work considering yeah. he died young. And yeah. seems to still be coming out with work, although right. he's been dead for how many years? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, here's some of the ones that, here's a couple that were through me. Jada Kiss at 46. Right. But I guess, why do you, th- you sound okay with that. Why is that? Um, Jada Kiss is a wicked rapper. Like, mm-hmm. he, um... He doesn't meet all of that criteria mm. for me. Yeah. He doesn't. Mm. Um, but he is an he is a wicked rapper. Yeah. So he has but a- there's some people that I feel outside of Ja Rule that should have been on that list. Like who? Because they might be on it. Like two people specifically, and that is Remy Ma. That's okay. And Papoose. Well, I yep. think Papoose, they don't have an okay. I the reason see- why I feel like Papu should be on there, and, and yes, he doesn't have a very large, uh, what do they call it, a disoff brand recognition. He doesn't really. Mm-hmm. However, he 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 definitely was on a movement. He was in his lyrics. He's trying to kick knowledge to a lot of people, a lot of um, people who might not have access to knowledge in terms of law. If you listen to Papus, he's kicking some straight facts in terms of legalities and how to proceed through the world as a rapper, as a black man. Um, so I felt like maybe he should have been somewhere in there, but I know for sure Remy Ma should have been on that list. No, I know not. she doesn't have nearly as much. She, she's not on the list. And based on the criteria, again, this is bill like you said, this is billboard. I think if it was like say the source or something that's more maybe immersed, who's immersed more in into hip hop because billboard just, i don't I don't mm-hmm. really yeah, exactly. I don't know, I don't really hold their opinion as true yeah, it's because mainstream. but then it, it, okay, that's they're mainstream, so then the main one of the main biggest mainstream rap artist was Ja Rule. So Ja Rule not being on this list is wild. Uh, well, he wasn't one of the biggest, but, but he you know, definitely- because I think his career got cut short. 50 Cent said, uh, nah, we're not up for that. You're done. And he ended his career and took it over. <laughs> um, sad, but true. Um, but there's, there's a few people on there, like Future, for instance. Now... Now like, I understand he's very popular. I understand yes, yes, yes. all of that, but it's what he's saying. And he's been around for a while too. He's he been- has. He's been around for a minute, but it's what he's saying. Like I feel like he just took the whole culture of hip hop and rap and put it in the dumps where all he's pushing are drugs. A lot of what his lyrics are talking about is getting high. Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry, but that's not where hip hop started from. You know, no, and like you, like you said, your your essence of hip hop is like vastly different than billboards. Yeah, <laughs> and as well as I think there's a there's an element like 
trust me, there's been a debate, and I've even had to come around in the future. Like, when I go, I'm like, okay, this guy's throwing made so much goddamn music. Um, I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't really love him, but I could, I get, I kind of get it. I kind of get it now. Um, I don't so, get it. So now, uh, Ja Rule, so now Ja Rule, I definitely think Ja Rule should be on this list. No he doubt. he should be on the list before Future. I'll agree with you on that. Oh, God. I don't like Future. I don't like his music. I, mean, yeah, I think it's just, shit. Just because you don't like him. Does it no, it's not him? just him. It's his lyrics. It's what he has to say. Yeah. It, it's where hip hop originated from and how far he has traded. So for me, it's like, nah, fam, you shouldn't be on this list. Yeah, okay, what 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 did you promote in our culture, in the hip hop culture? To to smoke or to to pop pills? Like, is that what is that what you pushed? When I think of when I look at all of these other rappers, and I wrote them all down, and I look at all of their um like their music, it was profound. Mm -hmm. That's why it even made it on Billboard. Because it 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 was able to be crossover music. Mm -hmm. It was able to take hip hop and bring it to the masses where someone like uh, an organization like Billboard would even penetrate it. Yeah. But for me, I just feel like, I, I, I don't know, I, Future, I, I, don't, I don't like his music. Never have, never will, sorry. Okay. I don't care what fresh beat you put behind it. I'm just not down for it. So here's what Ja Rule had to say. Yeah, so after they released the list or the public the article, um, he tweeted, There there ain't fifty rappers that are alive or waiting to be born better than me. A little aggressive, hold on. Um he said, Congrats, congrats to everyone on the list. Well deserved, but check my resume. Um, in a second tweet the next day, he said, Music is subjective, but if we if we if we're talking numbers. I'm at least top 25 in all categories, record sales, top 10 singles, number one singles, number one albums. What, what yeah, maybe for about? pop. What are we talking about? Impact or influence? Even my enemies adopted my style. Okay. Okay. So, so that's what he had to say. And here's some of the stats that he was talking about. He sold over 20 million albums worldwide. So that's double diamond. Uh, after scoring three number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 as either the lead or featured artist. Um, so those Yeah, are and majority of your songs were, they were very pop. Like one of your biggest songs that was with J-Lo, I'm sorry, that wasn't a full representation of hip hop for me. That was very much bubblegum rap for me. So for you, you think he shouldn't be on the list? Um, no, I think he should be on the list mm -hmm. and he could take future spot. <laughs> um to be honest okay, no so i think he should be on the I list and i, I agree with him based on the criteria he should be on the list for he, sure. on the criteria mm -hmm. but but the criteria coming from billboard so, another <laughs> i mean big, another big artist who didn't make it on the list was um ice cube and so TMZ caught up with Ice Cube and he, his comments were, it's funny, there are a few NW, there was a Ice T, there's a few, obviously Ice T, Snoop Dogg, there's some West Coast, big West Coast people on there. He said, and he made some influential music. I think he maybe dropped, his priorities changed, but in, in when he was making music, Ice Cube, whew, boy, he went in, he went in on the society and. and yeah, he, he, um, he had a whole movement. 
Yeah. He, total movement. You so know. He told TMZ, "I don't fuck with Billboard or the editor. Um, Billboard is not hip hop, so their opinion doesn't matter. So who gives a fuck?" True. It's I'm a, sorry, he's right. It's an irre- irrelevant list. It's like asshole. It's like assholes. Everybody got one, and they all stink. <laughs> all right. So it's true. We see a lot of these lists, and. I, I just always think it's fun to talk about because it's a culture and it's interesting to see the perspective and, and how these make these lists. So it's different. We're, we're seeing a different list as if, if we were to see, say, say like a Joe Budden or any of these like hip hop podcasts or magazines. Like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if the source, I think the source is not in publication anymore, but you know, they would have a completely different list than this one. But I think they still captured the top 10 still captured, seem pretty, pretty relevant. Maybe the order would be different, but I think um, yeah, at the end I of the day, so. the top the top people I think made it in the top spots. Okay, so that's the list. That's the controversy. What are you going to do? There's always going to be a debate. When yeah, but I agree with Ice Cube, hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. I agree with him because he's one of the leading. He's like one of the, I guess, fathers of of hip hop. Like when he came around, he made a change to hip hop, an actual, like he stepped into the realm of activism with hip hop. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but that transformation itself, you know, I think he should be on this list. So billboard, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who you have making this list, but you should have asked Jamal in the back. That's all I'm telling you. Okay. You should have asked somebody because okay. <laughs> this well, list isn't on, right. On from the list. <laughs> um, so the next uh, headline is going to talk about, Oh, our friend, our favorite auntie. <laughs> Monique is, uh, is in, in social media news or in blogs again. Uh, again. Can't come out the blogs here. Starting starting her statement with "Hello, my sweet babies," which when she oh starts, god, here we go. <laughs> that, you just know, you just know where we're going. And essentially, there was a um, Sherry Shepherd uh, was giving a review on her show on the movie. She did a movie with um. Uh, she did a movie with uh, what's his name, the guy, the director. What Spike Lee? N- uh, no, Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Okay. And it's like a thriller, scary. It's like kind of like a thriller. I don't want to say yeah. horror, but it's one of those uncomfortable type of movies, right? And so there, Sherry Shepard was on there saying, um, you know, she was giving her review. And she said, oh, well, you know, she had the drama, but now uh, the movie's called The Reading. But I was happy to see her in the movie, and she did such a great job, da-da-da-da. But she did caveat the beginning with being, um, you know, the, the fallout with, um, you know, all the people. So she did mention, oh, Monique has had some challenges, but I'm so happy to see her in the movie. That's kind of how, essentially, what, you know, she said. Then Monique came on came on to uh, Again, here Instagram. We go. Hey, my sweet babies, be sure there to we swipe. Go. <laughs> Once she starts with, hey, my sweet baby. There we go. She starts with, hello, Sherry and Kim Whitley. First, thank you for your compliments regarding my talents and performance in the reading. I couldn't help but notice, though, that you two said, because my personality, I'm always getting in trouble. You then attempted to show a connection between my personality and me being blackballed, along with the fallout I had with brother D.L. Hoogley. In addition, you two within the same breath mentioned how we as comics are underestimated. First things, kids with their parents, criminals with the law, and slaves with their masters get into trouble. And the last time I checked, I don't fit into any of those categories to get in trouble with anyone. Oh, Monique. Do you? Do you? 
when you two say we as comics are underestimated and you, Sherry, Kim, and I, ironically, all black female comics, why do you think we are underrated? My personality is such is of such where I have to speak up out speak up and out against injustices so we can stop being, as you both said, underrated. And if you notice, I haven't never I haven't ever started a conversation about you two that involved any negativity in any way in all the years I've known you two. Check my resume. I don't go knocking on anyone's door saying things I can't substantiate. But some people have a problem with me because when they knock on my door with BS, I answer. She answers. <laughs> Anytime the team of you two sisters would like to speak with the team of my husband and I, gag, um, we welcome it. Thank you two again for the compliments. Go backhanded. And please know regardless, I still love you both to life. Sisters in quotations. So let's use that sarcastically. I love us for real. Um, I don't know. Like, that's subjective. Like, I, I think... On one hand, I could see where she... Monique, you need a tough skin. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Every little thing that anybody says, you're ready to jump down their damn throat. Here's the thing, is that we're entitled to an opinion. Okay? And you can't suppress that, you know, by, oh, my darlings and my dears and all this bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm going to get to the nitty gritty with Monique. Because I find it very hilarious that you only have this moral compass when it's good for you. Mm. Okay. And, and, and I'm sorry, but they have a right to their own opinion as your, as your peer, they have a right. So if they're noticing that, you know, as a black comic, a female black comic, like they are, you seem to be getting into a lot of hot water. They have a right to express that. You don't like it. Oh, well, just like how you're expecting your opinions and your beliefs and how you think to be rammed down someone's throat. Well, they have an opinion too. And looking at your career, you are in a lot of hot water and you don't ever seem to want to come out of it. I think you thrive off of it. I really do. Because for some particular reason, you're coming for them for no reason. Like they, yes, it might seem backhanded to you. She would have been, it would have been much class. Like she doesn't need to say anything. People are just happy to see her. So by her coming, doing this clap bag, it just brings, reminds everybody of why what you've she, been doing for the last 10 years. Why she we didn't see her in the first place. So she made it more negative than they, they ever could have. Uh, so whatever. Uh, Monique, uh, do better. Get the chip off your shoulder. Be like, speaking. honestly. Be thankful that doors are opening. Your talent will speak for itself. Just yeah, that anybody wants to fuck with you in the first place. Like, honestly, I'm going to be real raw and real nasty with Monique right here. Mm. They're coming at you. with constructive criticism and in your line of work you need to be able to tolerate constructive criticism period so if you can't then maybe this is not the line of work for you but you can't go around attacking everybody you just can't and on top of that why make it that worth it like why is it really worth it to have made this comment who cares you're working. You're making money again. Who cares? Let it go. Let it go. Let okay, it go. Let's, let's let's leave the negativity behind. Yeah, I'm gonna leave her and let it go. Yes, let I will. Go. Yeah. So we'll find uh, round out our headlines with uh, last week. We talked about our Toronto mayor, uh, 
John Tory, who announced that he would be resigning from his role as a mayor of Toronto because, um, you know, he can't keep his thing in his pants. He revealed he had an affair <laughs> with in the, around the pandemic in 2020, 20, or I don't know, it's 2020 or 2021, sometime during the throes of the pandemic here. Um, and, you know, he's away from his wife and he is resigning. So the woman who's going to be taking up for him is actually a, a, a Scarborough, represents Scarborough Rouge Valley, which is our kind of where we kind of grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is Jennifer McKelvey. And she was very emotional when he actually put in his official, did his last public statement before passing over it to her who she's the deputy mayor so that's why she does not plan on running so she's just holding this role until the elections come up mm-hmm. but unfortunately it's sad to go and i personally think they asked him they wanted him to stay but he said he wanted to prioritize his, his family two reasons i could think for that um either he just really does need like he did took a lot from his family during the pandemic and he did was very heavily involved in our city and trying to get things back on somewhat on track or it's like his his like life is in shambles and it's like listen either do this or he's gonna lose his family yeah i i could see his wife saying listen it's either the job or me yeah because the job got you in the trouble the job, the job got you in the and not only that but you can see that it wore down his, on him he it, it, all of that stress of being the mayor it's taking a toll on him physically yeah you can see it yeah and so uh physically emotionally you know in his relationship with his wife he has a lot of work to do he has a lot of making up to do he has a lot of you know rebuilding of trust and maybe that's the top priority for him right now and not so much the city yeah i don't wrong him i don't wrong him i think it is time for him to go he's been the mayor for a pretty long time yeah Um, and he did his he did his due diligence he's done his job he's done a good job and it's time to focus on your family All right, so we'll pause there and uh, get into our second segment. Okay, so we haven't done one of these in a while, but I wanted to do a what we're watching kind of review because I was recently got obsessed with a couple of zombie-like shows. So HBO has this new show based on a video game called Last of Us that was released. And that made me, because they're doing it, it's like every week, it's it's new. So you have to wait for weekly episodes, which it sucks when you're used to streaming full seasons. So I was like, what else is there that I could watch that's similar? Because it's so good. And they have... uh, then I went to Walking Dead, which everybody, well, a lot of people know. It's a very popular zombie show. Mm-hmm. And these are the kind of shows that I stayed away from during the pandemic. Anything that had to do with end of the world, apocalypse, apocalyptic type of themes, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, I was not going to watch that. Like, we were, it was too close to home. Like, I was trying yep. to watch things that made me feel good during the pandemic and stuff like that. But now that, you know, things are, feel a little bit more optimistic in terms of not the whole world dying we may be in a different way but um Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're not in the throes of pandemic so it's easier for me to watch something like this so last of us is interesting it's interesting take on the zombie concept because it's um pretty much they open the show with the premise explaining oh a virus you know talking about like 
again, they had a viral conversation and then the other scientist was countering, well, the worst would be a fungal, like viral, there's anti, there's medication that, you know, can deal with viral. We're prepared for viral infection. However, we would not be able to counteract a fungal infection. Mm-hmm. And the question is, usually fungus can't live in a certain, above a certain temperatures, right? So basically, the counter scientist was like, well, you know, and the fungal fungus dies after a certain temperature. So basically, the temperature of the standard body uh, temperature of a human being, fungus right now can't survive, right? So that is impossible. But he said the point that he made is that with global warming, fungus will be able to adapt to the warmer temperatures and eventually might be able to take a, a human or animal as a host and okay so that's kind of the premise so Mm -hmm. the premise of the show is 20 years later that same scenario happens and the world is pretty much in shambles because of this fungal infection that are turning people into these zombie-like creatures and unlike Mm -hmm. zombies they're not slow they're very fast they're jumping and all doing all this so it's intense Mm -hmm. but anyway very interesting character i don't want to get give too much away so it's going on right now but that's what I'm watching now. Um, and then it led me to Walking Dead. So there's a the zombie theme here. And that was a super popular show that a few years ago, everybody was talking about it. And like, I just never got into it because I didn't have the channel. And I just never got into it. When it's a show when everybody's watching at the same time, I kind of like, eh, I'm not interested. All you these people talk about it so much. I'm like, I don't even want to watch it. Right. But I know. Me too. Because, yes, exactly. So because of this show that I'm watching, and I don't, you know, it's weekly by weekly. So to have something to watch in between, mm-hmm. I, I binged The Walking Dead. And it is, here's what's interesting about it. The zombie thing gets boring after a few episodes. There's only so much you could talk about and see zombies, right? But what it is telling us is, again, when we think about these apocalyptic times and the world's ending, what humans, the reaction, who we turn into, how do we survive? Right. Are we going to be selfish? Or are we going to be helpful? Are we going to be savage? Or are we going to be, you know, and there are times where you have to be savage. And yeah. it's like, what a, another thing is with all the cast or, you know, they're supporting characters. There's, there's all the characters have a backstory and they have a full rounded, you know, when you have a show where there's a lot of people, but they just tend to focus on, like, say, there's nine people on the show, but you really only learn a lot about. Three or four of those people this show you get to learn everybody from back to front to front to back to side to side and in in this scenario and you can see as this, as the seasons progress you see the change so i'll give you an example there's a woman who's married her name is carol carol savage i have to talk about carol mm-hmm. was married at the first season she was married to an abusive man he was kicking her ass and controlling her and she was very meek and didn't speak up for herself about eight seasons later, Carol is like, Carol knows how to shoot a gun. Carol is like, listen, Mm-mm. if you look sick, Carol's going to kill you. Mm-mm. Carol was like, <laughs> I mean, it's like you just see that progression of how you have to change to survive. And not because you want to, but you literally need to. You have to, yeah. You have to. And um, I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea, but the zombie thing does get tired uh, but i'm like these fucking zombies they just keep on showing up but it, that's the presence of the show but really it's it's, it's an interesting they do a really good job with building these characters and just seeing how they evolve living under this kind of not only stress but obviously like you're literally running for your life or you're, you're yeah 
you're on un- yeah you're under a constant stress you're under a constant stress just to live more mm-hmm. than just have be comfortable so um definitely um it took a while for me to jump on the bandwagon but i'm happy i did it's it all the chat that people give it the walking dead eh, it's worth it mm. very much anyway and i won't even say to recommend it to you because i know that's not your cup of tea because it is pretty gross even for me yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah i'd probably have to pass on that one even for me i'm like ooh, damn but you know i get i get why they have to up the ante after a while it's like after seeing so many zombies it's like what else are you gonna do but they do right they do a few jobs every once in a while they, they get pretty gruesome and you're like oh okay yeah yeah that's what we're watching um, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm watching. I recommend it to you guys. Very, very much worth the watch if you can stomach it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to our first segment, Wagwan for real. Wagwan for real. And so with Wagwan for real, uh, you know, this segment we talk about, we look at stories that just don't add up. They mm-hmm. just don't make much sense. We hear them or watch them, and we have to ask a question. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about our precious little cousin, Halle Berry. How sorry, I always I always do this. Halle Bailey. Bailey, yes. Which is Chloe Mm. Bailey's younger sister. They're not twins like I used to think. That is her younger sister, who is a future Ariel in the Little Mermaid, which I saw the trailer, a a longer trailer. I don't know if you saw it. They released it, and it looks. I can't wait to see it. I'm a grown woman, but yeah, I did see the longer trailer, and I can't wait till it comes out. I want to see who. I don't. I can't remember who's playing Ursula, but they did a little preview preview of her at the end, and she looked terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So we'll see. Interestingly enough, maybe we will save this for another episode. But the prince, Halley's who she is she is our black ariel and uh, although she's a mermaid's a mermaid and then the prince is still a white guy mm-hmm. and i guess based on the controversy i think it's it's safer it was safe for them to do that because people were losing their mind over <laughs> over right Haley playing her more than less if they changed the prince to a color even oh goodness was, even if he wasn't black even if he was like asian or something else yeah i think that mm-hmm. would have been another thing so they had to keep disney's like we'll do a little tiptoe but we're not going all the way left right but um yeah, so anyways, her boy, she's currently dating DDG. He 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 came to they say he's a rapper, and I'm sure he's a rapper, but I think he he really was came up to be famous um as a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And then his ex-girlfriend, um Ruby Rose. So there you there was like some trouble in paradise. Like, you know, Haley is a young woman. Yeah, Hallie is a young woman. She's just twenty two, and her boyfriend DDG is twenty five, and this is her first serious relationship. Like they are so adorable. When you hear them talk about each other, they are cute. It's so unreal. Like it's just like young love. Oh, it's so beautiful. And um, so you know, uh, she wrote on February twelfth that the devil is working. Please don't feed into the lies, especially from a third party. So at first, I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Then, then um ddg's ex ruby rose posted something saying calling out the t-shirt that she was wearing and she said i think it's weird um i think it's weird that um you know she he 
He has you in my t-shirt. He has you in my t-shirt. And she showed the picture of her wearing a t-shirt a couple years before. And then the new posted picture with uh, Hallie wearing it. That's the ex-girlfriend doing that. Weird flex as far as I'm concerned. Um, And then after that, you know, he there was some back and forth. And he was seeing some, sending some sub tweets saying like, oh, people just want to be miserable or some shit like that. And um, then now she's getting pissed because basically there was a clap back and then Hallie made that comment of of people trying to bring their negative energy. So then she went on to uh, and tweeted, you call me every time you see me with a new nigga talking about talking shit about them. I'm single because I don't play that shit. You know that that's why you went to the calm girl who will put up with it. Damn. My right? gosh. And that's in response to the DDG said after she started her, you know, getting involved. Um, she's weird and been trying to get back with me ever since I moved on. And then she shared a a DM or something from him where it was kind of, you know, insinuating. It wasn't direct, but you could see maybe he was trying to get in her good graces in some way, right? More or less. Yeah, he's trying to, you know, uh, do a rebound. Um yeah. You know, uh, Holly, she's such a, a beautiful soul and mm. such a beautiful spirit mm. um, that this type of nonsense, like why I feel it need to go into this segment, what going for real is really Ruby Rose. Mm. Really, what you what you really about? What you mm. really about? Mm. You are you you know cloud chasing? Like what 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 you doing? Because I don't understand why you had to do that. I don't get what the point was. If you're upset with him, be upset with him. You know, um, she did make a com- a, a comment, uh, Ruby. She said, you know, that she hasn't been with anybody since him. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because you're still salty. Yeah. Because your salt is pouring all over poor Haley here. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know why. If he wants to put her in a T-shirt that used to be yours, that's not her. That's not something you should attack her with yeah exactly that's something he's doing to spite you mm. you know unfortunately okay <laughs> unfortunately he's using Haley to do so but for the most part i think you were you were being a little um spiteful you're being a little oh, bit um like it was unnecessary i don't know why you did that or why you felt it you needed to do that and point one, that out. Yeah, exactly. There was only one thing that was going to come out of this, right? It was only it was always going to create some type of speculation and wonder is public speculation. Even if you guys are comfortable in your relationship for whatever reason, then it just would add some fuel to create just negativity in your relationship, and it worked. But why? For yeah, what? No, it's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like like he's where he wants to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he's where he's want he wants to Unless, be. Unless to your point, he said something different at some point, and that's well, he very well could. But then that's not anything to do with yes, I agree. with Hallie. Like that has nothing to do with her. So if you're upset or you feel like you're being gypped or he's doing something in the background or do whatever, attack him. Yes, I agree. Yes. And leave it there. She doesn't deserve that. She's not a part of it. And if, it, and if anything, she's she's also a victim in this situation too. Mm. Like she didn't know that that was your shirt. No, nope. you know what I'm saying. She didn't. 
so therefore you putting it on blast for what damn well wouldn't have put that shit on get down she don't need to she doesn't need to and you know ddg don't drop the bag bro Mm, right don't Don't drop the bag because you're looking like you're, you're about to drop the bag and if you're gonna take up this ruby rose girl you know and and try to you know double back on that be prepared because you know, I think that Holly, you know, she's strong enough to walk away from you. Mm. You know, yes, it's puppy love and they're young and yes. they're figuring out things and everything. And I can get that. But I think she has she knows her self-worth mm. enough where she's not going to stick around for the for, for the nonsense. I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I would hope not. I think her big sister will come in and say, ah, girl, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, so unless he wises up, you know, he he needs to be gone. In terms of her, there was no need for you to attack her. There was no need for you to try to belittle her or make her feel any sort of way. Yeah. If anything, if you were really, you know, about woman empowerment and helping your fellow woman, you should have D- DM'd her on the low. Okay. And said, girl, I don't know if you want to be wearing that shirt because that used to be mine. Yeah, so, yeah, do it on the low, like doing that publicly. Or, you know, you're 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 it. clout chasing, like you're yeah. looking for some benefit off of this situation. You're sitting there with your salty self because your your ex is now with someone who is better than you. And I say better than you because you don't see her doing this type of nonsense. No, she's just living her life and doing. She's living life. her best life. Mm-hmm. Okay, little mermaid and everything. Mm-hmm. She's living her best life. She don't got time for this. So. For me, Wagwan for real, DGG, what you doing? What you really doing? Well, and Ruby too, both of them. Well, Ruby kind of spilled the beans a bit. Mm. She's like her doing all of the shenanigans is kind of spilling the beans a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, because why would she have any ammo? Why would she say anything unless he was doing something in the background? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? She tweeted um what she tweeted that started the whole I mean maybe something was going on in the background, but like what was started the whole public and where I actually got under finally understood what was going on because I think the rumors started even before this tweet showed up. But having your bitch wear my clothes is crazy. I like Hallie. DDG is a weirdo, is a weirdo for show. For sure. Now, if you want to hear a double-handed comment. Mm. That's one right That's there. One How do you right say there. you love me and call me a bitch in the same breath? I don't understand it. <laughs> That's funny. It's true. I don't understand it. So this, bitch. He, I I love her, but she, why you have this bitch wearing my... What? I'm sorry. <laughs> that just doesn't correlate. Like, they just don't go hand in hand. So we can see that you're salty. We can see you're salty. And that's fine, you know, because maybe he's playing with you in the back in the background where no one can see and he has Haley in the front, you know? Um, and so that doesn't rub you the right way, but I just don't think this is the way to go about it. And I just don't think that you needed to bring her into that. And you're talking out of two sides of your mouth in one sentence, you're calling her a bitch and yet you're saying you love her. So I'm sorry. You look like the loser in this situation because ultimately he's where he, he, no one's, no one's focusing on him. They're focusing on your stupid ass comment. You're attacking our Disney princess. Well, this is the thing. 
Right? How dare you? How little dare mermaid? You no, thank you. Sis. You are not going to come for a little sis. No, nope. No, you're not. Because she don't deserve that. And nope. out of all of this situation, she did nothing wrong. <laughs> she nope. didn't do anything wrong. She had a shirt on. That's what she did wrong. She put on a shirt. And all of this controversy has happened over that. Sh- like, really? And girl, if you're that salty about the shirt, ask for it back. Like, ask for your shirt we back. Know that's not the point. We exactly. Know. So then what? Like, what? what is the point? <laughs> that's what I'm like, huh? Me no understand. I don't understand. You know, I, I don't know if you are looking for some publicity. I don't know. Because, you know, Haley's name brings a lot of weight. You know what I mean? And these two are in the spotlight. And they are a cute couple. And I hope they can work it out. Yeah. But Haley, what I'll have to tell you, little sis, Make sure you're out looking out for their signs. Don't let this man bamboozle you. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You know, you might love him and all, but keep your eyes open, girl. Keep your eyes open because he's obviously doing something in the background to make this girl that mad mm. where she's going to attack you. And if you have a man, if you have a man doing something in the background where a woman is going to attack you, you really need to pay attention yep. because he's doing something really nefarious where you know it's causing her to up rile and uh, 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 come unwound over a shirt mm, really one. but anywho yeah we're gonna move on we're gonna move on from her and Haley, girl don't worry about this heifer really and truly don't worry about her you should take her shirt and burn it <laughs> burn it right and put it all over the social media you want this shirt? I'll collect the ashes. Anyways, we're moving on into the workout. And so this is where, you know, we work out our hearts and exercise our mental fitness. We do deep dive discussions on issues that are impacting our culture. So this is a topic that we might have touched on very briefly in other episodes, but I did want to... Um, there was a a, convers- a a segment or a show on Dr. Phil, and he was talking about millennials, boomers, and Gen Zers, mm-hmm. specifically boomers and Gen Zers. And so he was trying to, I guess, close the gap and understanding the different generations. And so one topic that was on his show that he did talk about was work life. And how Gen Zers, Boomers, and Millennials are very different. And so when we got a chance to listen to some of the Boomers and their expression of of the workforce and how they see it, they did not say a lot of nice things about Gen Z. They said that they're lazy, that they don't have good work ethic, um, they're not willing to work hard for anything, Mm. and that at times they can be really sensitive in the workplace. Now we got to see the other side of, you know, as well with the Gen Zers and what they had to say about baby boomers. And, you know, a lot of not nice words were exchanged. However, I think an understanding what at the end of the show was, they came to an understanding of each other. And Gen Zers were saying, you know, baby boomers, they were willing to work, like bend over backwards and work and work hard 
uh, to please a boss that really couldn't care about them or didn't care about them. Um, also with the workforce with boomers is that they didn't have the same technology. They didn't have the same um, opportunities with technology that Gen Zers do. And so their understanding of technology is, is also limited. And so the world that we're in right now is very technologically pushed, I guess. And so, you know, I wanted to discuss it more, you know, and my opinion as a millennial, which I think millennials are like, we are like the goal in between the Gen Zers and the baby and the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. That's what I call them, baby boomers. And so baby boomers are like our parents, you know, yeah, for some much. of us, maybe even our grandparents. Mm -hmm. And the millennials are like a gap in between the two where Gen Zers are more free, they're more technologically driven, they're more, um, everything has to be politically correct in terms of work ethic. You don't, you don't pay me, I'm, I'm gone, I'm dipping. Uh, millennials kind of balance the two, uh, where we do have a sense of work ethic because it was taught to us directly um, from baby boomers, mm -hmm. but we are open-minded and we are willing to fight for our rights in a different way in the workforce. So let's open up this topic right now. Yeah. Let me let me hear what you have to think about this, because I think we have a lot to learn from baby boomers um in terms of work ethic however the gen zers are setting the tone mm -hmm. they're setting the tone in the workplace and what they're willing to accept and what they're not willing to accept and that's one thing that i can rock with because baby boomers literally they'll stay in one job for all 40 years 50 years and you know along that course might not have really climbed the ladder might not have really uh had chance of advancement um but were willing to work their their fingers to the bone mm -hmm. for someone who at times could have treated them like crap you know um me as a millennial nah i'm not down with that i'm not down with that but i do like the job security idea i do like having a job you know, for a, a long period of time and gaining whatever experience I can. So let so tell me what you think about this. Tell me what you think about uh, this boomer baby boomers and things. Boomers? No, I don't look up to boomers when it comes to work. Work uh anything related to work. I think they you know every every generation is shaped by the circumstances right yeah so i agree obviously i can't relate to why the boom baby boomers are why or who they are you know they had they they were people you know they're children of war that's why there's so many of them um you know if we look at you know there is the civil rights music movement there's a lot of things that happened in their time where there was turmoil so that's why they lean towards stability and staying somewhere forever mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that's that's their situation and you know they're the people who like they want to work somewhere for 20 years and 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 they believe in motivate they're motivated by duty and they have they feel some loyalty to a company which absolutely not 
uh, for me. So then, well, the companies have changed though too, and companies have changed as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I think back in the day, companies tried to retain employees for that as much as people wanted to stay there for twenty years, and and companies generally, I think they they wanted their employees to stay there for twenty years as well. So it was a mutual understanding mm-hmm. that you wanted to have a long term um, situation. However, as we come into our generation. Um, where there is a gap generation between us, but I think that I think that, that you'll see the the bigger differences with between millennials and boomers before, like you know, there's Gen X before them. But I mean, um, they kind of started where we are. But yeah, so we think about millennials. Me being a millennial, I could speak freely. Yeah, like I, what's important to me is like the company needs to serve me. I need to be. It needs to be a mutual. Again, it does need to be mutual. Like it needs to give me something, and yeah. I need to feel like I'm giving them something. Yeah, and I'm not just there because they need somebody to fill a role, and I'm bored out of my mind. Um, and management is very. The quality of your manager is very important. Back in the day, yeah. your manager was your manager. Like when you're a boomer, what, no matter what their personalities, no matter how they speak to you, no matter whatever, whatever, you're gonna stay there. In our gen, in our our generation, if your manager is like very toxic, you are planning or you are planning and strategizing to get the hell up, if not out of that role or out of the company moving to another team like you are not going to put up with a terrible manager at, in our generation we're just not going to do it it's not you know we believe in work-life balance and that's one of the things that contribute to that is like not having a toxic relationship with the person that you know you report to um as well as um you know going thinking of gen z i like here's what i appreciate about gen z gen z is this each generation is just working on another generation's um, progression and making their work life as healthy as possible and, and and fit them. The only negative thing I would say about Gen Z is there there's a sense of entitlement at the entry level. Like I think all of these genera- all of our generations previously, including the millennials, believe that you know there, you have to get in, and when you get in, you kind of have to do a, you have to do the grunt work. You kind of have to prove yourself, and and and, and that's what I think we've learned not- from ba- the boomers. That's what I think. Like they were more willing to take what they could get to get in, right? And then once they got in, Mm -hmm. they proved themselves and worked their ass to the bone to get where they want to go. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, but there was very little reward for that. There was little acknowledgement. Well, that that is true. It's that just, is true. It's just expected. And so with Gen Z, I think where they, I think yes, you, I think you should have expectations for your manager, obviously. And and again, it should be a mutual relationship. Like you're not just there because you're happy to be there. You're there to learn and grow. And as you grow, hopefully they give you a space and a path to grow. Mm-hmm. And if not, of course you leave. Of course, you know, you don't owe them anything. But um, I think it's the fact that they want to go in right away and be like leading certain things. So I saw this thing uh, research done by Purdue University and something that they said that's interesting. So they are, Gen Z is motivated by diversity, personalization, individuality and creativity which again speaks a lot to that sense of where they you need to give them a path to grow and to express themselves you can't uh you know you come in and you have um somebody you you come in it's like this is how you do it this is always how you do it and i was like they're they're not gonna thrive in that kind of 
um, environment. You know, their real, their self their self identity is heavily tied to, you know, be a digital device. They value independence and individuality, and prefer to work with somebody closer to their age, so a millennial manager, and want to be experiencing innovation, providing innovation or being an innovative environment and new technologies. So that speaks to when you're working in, when a Gen Z is in a culture, they're going to appreciate a culture where they can express themselves. Um, but the thing is, they're coming in, and if they don't have that right away, they're going to leave. Like, they're not even giving it a chance. Like, that, but here's the thing, is that <clears throat> sometimes when you're working for a company, uh, yeah, I understand your need to express yourself, but there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. And so sometimes, um, <clears throat> this is not an up right like an upheaval a revolt in the business sometimes you gotta understand someone else's perspective and work that model that's just what you're hired to do you can't come in to a business that is established and then want to world win it and leave that's just not how it works that's not how our 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 society works in general you you can't have this expectation that you know best mm-hmm. because you don't No, Yeah. You have to be open. You have to be open and you have to be willing to see, okay, well, this is how this company has been doing it for a while. They've been in business for a while. Well, they're obviously some, they're doing something right. If they're in business for this long now, could we approve, improve on some things? Yeah. yeah okay. Once you've worked, you worked your way up and once you've proved that you have interest in the company, then maybe you can make suggestions. But you can't come in the door thinking that you're going to overhaul an entire company and that's been that's in operation they, for more than 30 years. That's like, where, that's I think that's show. just um, the entitlement of it all is just beyond me. And I think that does, you know, what I've noticed with Gen Zers is that they're very um, isolated. In, in their thought process at times, they're kind of isolated in this is how it should go and that's that. And if it doesn't go that way, I'm just going to leave. Well, yeah, sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And um, stability is, is essential. You know, you can't rely on your parents to provide you a place to live forever. You can't so therefore, with that being said, you can't always come in the door thinking you know best and that you're going to change the entire functioning of a company. You just can't. And if you have the attitude that, oh, well, I'll just go on to the next and I'll just go on to the next. Well, who's going to pay your rent in the meantime? You know, who's going to who's going to fund that lifestyle? You know, and so that's why I feel like sometimes millennials, we're like the in-between. Where, yes, we can see where the Gen Zers are right, that things need to change. There needs to be, you know, uh, there needs to be a diplomatic approach to it, though. You can't just think that you're right. You have to learn whatever job, whatever company, whatever industry, before you can really get your teeth into it and say, you know better. Um, And so... I feel like millennials were willing to do the hard work and then speak up, you know, um, baby boomers, they ain't saying shit. 
They just want a damn They're check. Ready to retire. They're just like, give me my check. <laughs> my benefits and uh, keep it moving. I don't business about none of your company. Just give me my damn check so I can get up out of here. Um, <laughs> and so they're not willing to even change anything because they're not interested in change. They're interested in the stability of having a job and exactly. what that provides them in their lifestyle. Um, you know, hey, <laughs> my niece is a Gen Z, a Gen Z. She's a Gen Z. And Sometimes I feel a disconnect with her only because when it comes to talking about work, it's like, well, you know, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do that. And I'm like, but hold on a sec. You have to think about longevity, right? So if you're in a particular industry, you know, some industries are smaller than others. And so you boxing around from this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that, with really not gaining any true experience. I don't know if that's always the best way mm-hmm. to go. I, I don't know. I don't know. For me as a millennial, I like a sense of stability. I do. Um, it helps me sleep at night knowing I know how to pay for my lifestyle. Um, also, as a millennial, I feel like I have learned some things from baby boomers that some people might argue are are, are good and bad things. I, I don't know. Like, st- like having a consistency in a job. Um, that's something that I've learned. However, I, I'll take with the Gen Z. If you don't treat me right, you don't pay me what I'm worth, then I'm out. You know, um, I can understand that too. So I, I, that's why I feel like as a millennial, for, I'm speaking for myself, that I feel like I'm a combination of both because we were very much raised and brought up by baby boomers and how they thought and how their work ethic, it was instilled in us, whether we want to believe it or not. And so now we have a little bit more push. We have a little bit more say. And so I feel like there's a time and a place to do all of that. You know, not you just got the interview and you're expecting a man, a managerial position. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work like that. And your expectation that it should work like that. I don't know. It's a little presumptuous, if you ask me. But um, I think all, all in all, closing the gap is very important because I think we all throughout all generations have something we can learn. Yeah. Um. Gen Zers, you know, yeah, you might you might uh, work better with other Gen Zers. I get that. I understand that. But there is something to be to be learned from generations before you. Take what you will, you know, and dash what you won't. You know what I'm saying? And and that's cool and all. But I I, I do see there is a difference. I I work with baby boomers, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. <laughs> their work ethic is is something different you know they'll bend over backwards they'll work yeah. their fingers to the bone mm-hmm. and not ask for a raise mm. <laughs> yeah. me on the other hand i'm like yeah i'm right there with you i'll work my finger to the bone but best believe me my value needs to be best believe me i'm gonna pronounce and make sure that my value is met and if it's not then i will bounce but we always want to make sure we have something to go to. So that's something that we've learned from baby boomers and the stability of it all, that we're not just going to 
dip from a job and not know where we're going. We have to have somewhere to go, somewhere to go, some something that we're going to um, go into after we leave this position. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Gen Zers don't really care. Nope. I'll just find a job. Yeah. That's the attitude. And it's like, and honestly, they, what they have in their favor, and I don't know if it's a pandemic or if this was always, ha- I think the pandemic made it more pronounced. Maybe, yeah. Um, In that, like, when we had the Great Recession, when we talked about, um, yeah, there is plenty of people, their jobs are, companies are so hungry, there's plenty of jobs they could jump to. And that was just, a, that's just a sign of the, a sign of the times. I mean, obviously, our economic circumstances have since changed right now as of 2023 so who knows what that looks like but i mean they and to your point a lot of them still live at home these people are would be are people who the oldest people would be in 20 years old or something like that 19 20 years old so these so this that's why this generation right now is kind of like they can hop from job to job because to your point they most likely are living at home are still being supported by their parents so you can have that culture it'd be interesting to see to see their work patterns in 10 years when they're the oldest right the oldest of the group are in are closer to their 30s so i think that's going to change um to your point where they can jump but something interesting that i saw in the in the purdue Re- uh purdue research was that gen zers 84 percent of them expect their employer to provide formal training and that's again i think speaks to their um expectation of uh it speaks to their entitlement uh so i guess I, I, at first i thought that was a strange stat considering that they want to be you know uh, entrepreneurial and and kind of have a lot of individualism but then they still expect to get formal training however i think it's a, a sign again of their age because somebody that young is going to be like like you know going into a job as much as we're saying oh i want to be creative or innovative you need to train me on this shit so right it's interesting but i think that stat speaks to their age because maybe because if you go to school everything you get you get when you before you do a test you get a lesson right and i think it's just the uh I don't want to say brainwashing, but that's just kind of how we're what our education system um, kind of teaches us how to function is like you get prepared, you get prepared, you get a study guide and then you do a test. So if you're starting a new job, you should get your training on how to do the job. So it's just like they're still wired with that school mentality. And uh, that's a whole nother conversation and how we're taught and how the school's education system, but that could be another topic. Mm-hmm. That would explain that stat to me. I think it has a lot to do with them being very young and fresh, uh, fresh out of school. And we were all, you know, all of us at one point were fresh out of school, but we also had a realistic uh, view on how to get in a position that we were going to have to start from the bottom, that we were going to have to work our way up. And um, thinking that you could just come in the door, expect formal training, and then want to change the entire company. (laughs) It's just, it's very, it's very bold Mm -hmm. to think that that's how the workforce works. It just doesn't. you have to remember that a lot of these companies or businesses or, you know, even, you know, depending on the industry, they're run by baby boomers. They're run by baby boomers. They have not, not all of them have retired. 
you know and yeah, so yeah, they're still working they're still they're still working they're still out there they're still owning things they're, they're still be out in about 10 years owning well that won't change but in terms of the in terms of the workforce a lot of the baby boomers are like in the early going into the early 70s so um exactly and so a lot of them are trying to make their way out of the industry however there's a sense that i'm getting from baby boomers that they don't feel like a hundred percent comfortable that the generations to come will be able to carry the torch and and they don't have a choice but i can understand their fear Mm -hmm. i can understand their fear because they don't understand how how do you expect as a Gen Zer to carry the torch if you're still you're still why are we even using a torch and not a flashlight like if that's how you're thinking you know what I mean so as a baby boomer I would be very afraid yeah. I would be very um uh maybe not so much afraid but I would be a little perplexed on how our how our world is going to be um you do need stability in order to live the life that you want to live you have to have some sense of stability there is not going to be someone who will pay for your lifestyle and for you jumping from job to job forever there isn't gonna be so um you know what i i i just like closing the gap and understanding each other and You know, like you said at the top of this segment is that baby boomers are coming from a different world. Mm -hmm. Each generation comes from a different world and we are a product of our environment. So how we run our society is heavily based on what is going on in it. You know, and so if you're having a war, then, yeah, stability is very important. Because you don't know if your your whole village or your whole city will be blown up the next day. So I could understand that. Now here we have, you know, more relaxed of a view because technology has kind of helped with that in, in relaxing how we look at things. And the Gen Zers look at things at a very easy, everything's at the touch of a, of a button for them. So it's it's very hard for them to understand baby boomers and where they came from and their generation and their environment and what they were going through and why they have how why they are the way they are and and vice versa but either way you know i do think that altogether we need to look at each other and 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 try our best to learn from each other um because i think that each generation has something of value to carry on to the next it might be you know hard to dig for that but it's there it's there you just have to be open to listening to seeing why and and then formulate your own educated uh thoughts on that and so to end the show we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated and so whether you lead with your heart or your mind please stay passionate and thoughtful everyone we'll talk to you real soon Bye-bye.